Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, February 10th. I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And uh, it is Thursday and uh, it's uh, guest day. I always like Thursdays because never know who we're going to have in the studio, on the phone, calling in, uh, or just sharing life with us uh, and letting you hear about their resources, their passion, their heart, how God's impacted their life. And uh, our guest today is a guy I met uh, just a, a, a couple of months ago, maybe. And uh, we, we have a lot of common friends. We have a common Savior for sure. And uh, we have a common vision to see men disciple other men and men be the leaders God created them to be. And I'm excited to welcome Jeff Dalrymple into the studio today. Uh, Jeff is an elder out at uh Gosh. Sunrise Community You know what? That's terrible, Jeff, because I'm having those moments now that people used to talk about, and I would say, what's a senior moment? And now you have one where you literally... That crossed my mind, but I wasn't going to say senior moment. Well, thank you for being so kind. But he's an elder out at Sunrise. I know I've preached at Sunrise before. You were just there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was there a couple of weeks ago, so I'm very uh, familiar with Sunrise. It's a great church. Uh, Alan Cagle's a pastor out there. Uh, good people who love the Lord, trying to make an impact in the community. So I'm, I'm so thankful you're there. But you also are the CEO of Red Buffalo Consulting. What is Red Buffalo, and how did it get that name? <laughs> Doug, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. And uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. And through our mutual friend, Brad Sykes. Shout out to Brad Sykes. Yeah. love that guy. Uh, so Red Buffalo, we do um, organizational consulting management for non for mostly nonprofits, not exclusively, but mostly nonprofits and Christian ministries, helping them do better. Well, a Red Buffalo is a very unique species that's only found in certain parts of Africa. And so we work with the, the few that, that really want to go to the next level, that want to get unstuck, that want to do things with excellence. And we, from a Bible-believing perspective, don't do things for excellence just for excellence' sake. But we do it ultimately as worship to God. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. We help organizations uh, grow, expand, solve problems, and um, it's really a joy. Well, good. And uh, you had experience out in doing those kind of things when you were the vice president up at Southern Seminary working with Dr. Moeller, who has been on the program several times. And uh, I was there at uh, Sunrise listening to him. Uh, was that nice being up there yes. with him? Oh, working for Dr. Mueller was uh, the highlight of my career. I was there almost 10 years in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, they say Louisville. The locals up there say Louisville. Louisville. Uh, but it's named after King Louis, so I'm going with Louisville. L- Louisville, yeah. yeah. Dr. Well, Mueller says Louisville, so I figure I'm in good company. <laughs> well, one of uh, another one of our guests that we've had on in the past is uh, also up there, Greg Gilbert, who I really love. He's my did pastor. You, did, oh. Third Avenue Community. Yep, Third Avenue Baptist Church. Well, you know, we were up there a couple of years ago when I met Greg. You were probably there at the church when we uh, probably so. were up there. Yep. Uh, one of my friends uh, that I flew with in the Marine Corps uh, flies for UPS, and so he's based out of there. That's right. And so uh, and uh, so we, we ended up going uh, to hear Greg, and then I asked him if he'd be on. Got a couple of great resources, too. What is the gospel? Yeah. What is the gospel? And, and, you know, I like 
that they make tracks, and we use those at SWAT. Yes. When we go out, we use what is the gospel, who is Jesus. Those right. two little tracks that he put together are really, really effective. Yeah. Uh, but you also, uh, Jeff, are involved with the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. Uh, tell our listeners what that is. Sure. Well, being involved in ministry, um, and I've got four kids of my own, by the way, 17 to 10, and so it's a personal issue, but it's a great commission issue. What we realized over the last few years is that abuse was taking place in our churches, in our Christian schools, in our our Christian camps and other nonprofit ministries serving children. And, um, you know, first of all, we believe that abuse is wrong, and when I talk about abuse here, I'm talking specifically about uh, physical or sexual abuse that takes place in ministry. Um, you know, the, the CDC has some statistics that are just horrifying. One in three girls will be sexually abused before the age of 18, and one in seven boys. Uh, anecdotally, we look through the media and the news, we can see the Boy Scouts, the Catholic Church, a number of organizations have been hit very, very hard with this um, this difficult reality. So we believe, first and foremost, that people are created in the image of God, and they're worthy of our protection. Secondarily, we believe this is a great commission issue because what we realized, and it's heartbreaking, is that people who are people who are abused, victims, survivors of abuse, many of them, when this is, abuse has taken place in Christian ministry, they really don't want anything to do with God. Mm-hmm. And they've walked away from the church. They've walked away from Christ. And uh, it's heartbreaking. So we believe it's a gospel issue. So Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention was started uh, almost three years ago in response to a series of articles in the Houston Chronicle called Abuse of Faith. There's about six of them, and your listeners could go check it out online. Um, And that highlighted sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention in particular. So birthed out of that, we wanted to solve two problems. Number one, we wanted to help ministry leaders know what to do to protect kids. Mm -hmm. And for that, we created industry standards for ministries to keep kids safe. Second of all, we wanted to help them ensure that those measures, once they're in place, are sustained. Mm -hmm. And so our second solution is an accreditation program, which we're currently conducting trials um, in California, Texas, and um, here in Florida as well. And so it's an accreditation ministry based on those standards to keep kids safe in ministry. Well, you know, it's sad because the the world we live in today, and, and I agree with you, the abuse within the churches has been really, it, it was eye-opening for me to to see and hear from people who have been abused by pastors who were supposed to be counseling them. But, you know, if you stop and step back for a second, think about it. You, you've got very vulnerable females a lot of times who are seeking help in, in a marriage, and they're going to seek help from, the, from a man who's usually the senior pastor. At least there weren't a lot of pastor, uh, yeah. female uh, counselors. Uh, there are now, but, you know, for a long time there wasn't. And so the senior pastors would be the ones they would counsel with, these vulnerable women, and who were going, oh, this pastor is so great. He's so awesome. He's so He understands me because he's listening because that's what he's trying to minister. And their, their guards go down, the pastor's guards go down, and before you know it, that's abuse. And, I mean, there, it is because when you are in a position of influence authority. like that and authority – you you know these people are trusting you and so i i'm thankful that you guys are doing this but the sad part for me with kids today is i love kids right i jesus loved children that's right and i almost feel like i can't 
be friendly to other people's kids because I, I have eight kids of my own. I love children. But, you know, and I saw your daughter when we were at the church. I, I mean, my tendency is I'm just kind of a very gregarious, loving person. I want to hug everybody. And you can't do that today, can you? That's right. I mean, if, if, if you do that today, people get really nervous because they don't know if you're grooming somebody. And, and by the way, explain to our listeners what grooming is uh, since you work in that area. Yeah, it's simply cultivating a relationship for the purpose of taking advantage of that person. Um, and there's all sorts of things um, that one might do that would be classified as grooming. But, yeah, that's exactly right. And so it's a very, very uh, – I think it's a it's a challenging time. So I'm glad you guys do it. So if somebody wanted to um, have you help them with their church, let's say they have a church out there, whether they're in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, wherever they're listening, or Idaho, how can they take advantage of these standards or – come in and, and put some measures in place using you, you what you guys have at that council to help them? Yeah, great question. Thank you. So our website is ECAP, Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention, ecap.net, ecap.net. And so they can go there. There's a great place to start. We've got um, a number of resources, articles, assessment tools, just to see if, if I was a pastor or a ministry leader, I would go there to figure out, well, what am I doing? Hopefully I'm doing something. Uh, to protect kids, uh, background checks might be some of those screening of your workers, your employees, your volunteers. Um, child safety operations is another category of our standards, and that might involve check-in and check-out procedures for younger children in a nursery, for example, or in a Christian school, uh, ratios of adults to minors. And so all of our standards are available for free online, and we have a number of complimentary resources there as well. So it's a great place to start just by going to our website. Just, just go to the website, and again, it's ecap, E-C-A-P dot net, and click on resources. Um, and probably if you click on the articles link, I bet there's good articles there, anecdotal stories of things that maybe, you know, they can learn from. I always like to learn from reading articles, and when usually your articles, I'm uh, assuming, are talking about implementation things that have helped yeah. people yep so our heart is really about prevention there's other ministries that are working with survivors and victims of abuse and there's a need for that for sure our main focus is helping ministries prevent abuse and we do that uh, mainly because we think it's the right thing to do it's protecting uh, individuals created in god's image we believe it's a matter of biblical stewardship like I said before, it's also a great commission issue. So we want to help ministry leaders create safe environments so that kids can hear the gospel and grow in discipleship. Well, I think that's great. Well, when we come back, we're going to probe into that a little more, but we're also going to probe into your history junkiness, uh, the fact that you love history. I like history too, by the way. Uh, history is great. Uh, if you can learn from history, it's even better. Right? It is even better. That's right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, hey, folks, you're listening to uh, SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Our desire is to advance the truth of God's Word, but also to advance the truth who is Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, that's our mission. And uh, I hope you'll continue listening. we got Jeff Dalrymple, who is the CEO of Red Buffalo and also... Uh, the CEO of Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. Two great organizations, and he's also an elder in a local church called Sunrise Community Church. We'll be right back with more on SWAT Radio. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be all. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's uh, Doug McCary from His Light Ministries today with Jeff Dalrymple of Red Buffalo and the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention and Sunrise Community Church. He represents all three and um, is also got a podcast. Tell us about your podcast because I was on your podcast. What's it called? Well, well, Clarity Cast. Uh, so Brad Sykes and I have uh, have started that, but we honestly haven't haven't launched. So maybe I should have told you. Uh, there before we're on oh, live radio. Wait a minute. But, uh, so, so, so I. <laughs> it's well, in the works. Oh, so, so I haven't come out yet, right? Not, not yet. Not okay. yet. Okay. So the inter- but it, it's there, ready to launch. Yep, we're really close. Okay, we're really close. Well, so, so I'm sorry, I no, didn't no. mean to jump out there, but it's called no Clarity Cast. Clarity Cast. Yep. Yep. Any, we'll, any launch dates yet? Any idea? I wish. I wish. <laughs> so uh, we'll as soon as we get more information, and we have. Thank you so much for coming on, being one of our early guests. <laughs> well, I was um, real early. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys, I didn't know that. I thought you guys were launching like good. in January. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's good. A little bit behind. That's, no, that's okay. I understand. Uh, you have you said four children. I do. And yep. tell uh, us tell uh, us about tell us about first of all your better half. What's her name? Crystal. Crystal. My wife, Crystal. She graduated from Cedarville. We've been married for twenty years this March. All right. So we're almost uh, ready to celebrate twenty years. That's and, awesome. Uh, she's a wonderful, godly lady. And, um, yep, she's at home homeschooling one of, uh, one of my kids. Um, and then, uh, so I've got a, a son, JJ, who's 17 and then three girls, uh, 14, 11 and 10. Wow. So I love being a dad, um, discipling them, pointing them to Christ and, um, pray that they'll one day follow him. Yeah. And so you grew up in Southern California pretty much, even yes. though it's it's la area, area. yep mm-hmm. yep how was that someone said uh i said la one time and they said where in lower alabama <laughs> i said no no actually los angeles <laughs> really um, my accent hopefully could uh 
could help clarify that. But yeah, so Santa Clarita, the San Fernando Valley, if anyone's familiar with the Los Angeles area, that's that was home until 2008 when I moved to Louisville, Kentucky to work at Southern Seminary. So there for 10 years and here in Jacksonville, Florida for almost four years. Okay, so I grew up in Mississippi, right? And one of our stations is WMER Meridian, and I had never been to L.A. Stationed in the Marine Corps in Yuma, Arizona, drove over one day. Thought I was going to go. I wanted to go be on a game show. I wanted to go see yes. Hollywood. So I rented a car, drove up the the highway there, and I hit bumper to bumper traffic thirty miles outside of L.A. I'm like, what is going on? I'd never seen. I mean, literally bumper to bumper, like not moving thirty miles from the city. I'm like, what's happening? I never <laughs> seen traffic like that. I end up rear-ending a guy oh no and i and i'm in a rental car it did nothing to me but it dented the back of his car he gets out and says don't worry about it it's okay <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> he did not want the police to come so really? so i'm like it was crazy so that that was my first experience in la and you grew up there and we were talking in the break about back then even there you could ride your bike and go out as a as an yeah. elementary age kid that you can't do that today anymore oh, yeah. that's right yeah with no helmets right and all the rest no cell phone oh yeah i would get lost for hours and hours and make my way home and my parents had no idea where I was well at. you know my wife and i were talking the other day it used to be like you know it was punishment to go inside the house and stay inside now kids want to stay inside and not go outside. play their video games get on their ipads do their stuff I mean, but used to, we, we wanted to be out. We didn't want to be in the house. Isn't that crazy how, how things have flipped and changed? Yeah, and now we're trying to get them to go back outdoors. Oh, you know? yeah, we are. Well, you know, I was thinking about your the, the ministry of, um, you know, helping with this whole area of abuse. You know, the, the term abuse has been used a lot now in evangelical circles, and uh, a lot of people use abuse when it relates to emotions. And you said this earlier, emotional abuse. You're talking specifically about sexual abuse, physical abuse. That's right. And these are dangerous things for kids. I think of, you know, Jesus' heart for the children. Uh, one, when he said, let the little children come, when the disciples were trying to tell them to keep them away. I think we morally and spiritually have a responsibility to to love children, to make them feel valued. I mean, we don't make them feel valued because we love them. They're valued because God loves them, right. yeah. and and we need to protect them. And I'm thankful that you, you've started this to do this. What kind of response are you getting out in, in the churches, in the community, when you talk about this stuff? Yeah, most people get it. Most people understand. Um, as pastors in particular, you know, they don't train on risk management in seminary. And so many pastors are saying, help, you know, it's a a complex issue from governance, screening, training, responding to an allegation of abuse. How do I handle that when it's internal or external? So you help them with all those things, right? We can, or or we have great resources to connect them to. So sadly, I'm getting several calls a week about some sort of abuse allegation that comes up. And and generally speaking, it's, it's, do I need to report this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, every state and U.S. territory has different laws related to mandatory reporter. But everyone who has any role serving kids in ministry really needs to know what does the jurisdiction, what does their state law say about mandatory reporting? Do you 
are, are you classified legally as a mandatory reporter? And then each church leader really needs to answer the question, if, if, I'm, if I have someone who's not a mandatory reporter, do we still have an ethical obligation to report? You know, the reason why the state is taking that decision away from ministry leaders mm-hmm. uh, to, to, uh, to report abuse is because oftentimes uh, things are covered up or, they, or someone mishandles an, an inquiry or an investigation. And so really the state's saying, hey, we are going to have professional investigators look into this issue to see what's going on. That's why we have mandatory reporting laws. Well, you know, you know, I was a former FBI agent. And, um, you know, at one point in my ministry journey, I actually thought about trying to do something like you did, but just investigating churches uh, when there's abuse or theft or you know, whatever. Some of the crime. Yeah, just some of the stuff that goes on because uh, I, I don't know. Did you did you hear about uh, the guy who was – he was a pretty much a megachurch pastor in Memphis, Andy Savage. Do you remember that name? Does that name ring a bell? No. Okay, so Andy Savage was a youth pastor where we were in Texas when we lived out there. Our our children were in the youth group. One of our son, – our son was in the youth group. Now, he um, got out of there goes to Memphis, youth pastor there, ends up getting married, having a family, mega church pastor, doing seminars, all this stuff. And then Me Too hits. And a young lady out in Texas who he never denied what happened and it ended up confessing that, yes, something did happen, all unfolded the ministry that this guy had built in 20, 25 years. So something that happened 20 years earlier that was never dealt with ended up destroying not only his ministry. I don't know what's going on with his marriage now, but they were doing marriage seminars. They were doing the, they were writing a book for Word or for one of the publishing companies on marriage. But one of the things that came out was when the, it initially happened, uh, they, they went to the leaders and they dismissed him. He were, he resigned, but they treated it like it was a because she was a teenage girl, only about four years younger than him, five years younger than him. And that happens a lot in ministry. Don't you see youth pastors who are in their early twenties, and and then you have them leading youth who are sixteen, seventeen, in a different age. They would have been married. They could have gotten married. Right, you know. Right. And so, but. But according to the law, it's not good. But even would you say, because, you know, one of the arguments was, well, you know, they're only four or five years apart, but isn't there an ethical thing for a youth pastor not to be romantically involved with the youth? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and there, our, our culture, our society has even said, you know, at the age of 18, you know, if you're under 18, you're a minor. And so we have to respect those those parameters and boundaries. And uh, there's all sorts of wisdom there that if you're serving some sort of youth ministry, making sure that you've got other adult leaders. Um, ECAP, our ministry, says you really need to have a minimum of two adult leaders with any number of of students. Uh, So you shouldn't have um, leaders alone with a student or youth. And uh, and there's just all sorts of wisdom to that, uh, just being above reproach. You know, a church law and tax says uh, the number one reason why churches end up in court is the sexual abuse of a minor. And so this is a very, very serious issue. 
And uh, so, yeah, we, we, we help ministries who want to get this right. Um, and uh, child protection is a complex issue, and you can see that when you go to our website and you see all the different layers, like I said, from background checks all the way to having a response plan if, if and when, God forbid, something comes up. But you know that the number one thing you, our listeners can do to, uh, to, and I don't mean to say this flippantly at all, but one of the best things we can do as Bible-believing, gospel-loving Christians is to walk closely with Christ, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Lord is holy and calls us to be holy. And so one of the best things that we can do to protect our children is actually to walk with our, your listeners can't see that we both have our Bibles in front of us right here. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the best things that we can do um, is, is to walk closely with our God. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, it, it's we're getting to a point where I, I'm just wondering, and I, I, I didn't discuss this with you prior to the program, but I don't. I think people are going away from even having physical copies of their Bible, and I'm really concerned about that. Does that bother you at all? Have you all addressed that at at Louisville when you were up there at the seminary? Was that an issue that was coming up? Because I'm seeing more and more pastors go to iPads, phones, and they're actually preaching from those rather than a physical copy of scriptures, and that causes me some pause because electronics can be manipulated at any time. Sure, yeah. This can't. I mean, nobody's going to come in and change this. I mean, like, once you have it, it's there. And if you read it and have read it enough, you should be able to know that there's an error in there. Right. Uh, Well, I I much prefer my hard copy Bible, but I use my ESV app on my phone all the time. I know my pastor preaches from his iPad. I know. I know. And and uh, they do. And and, and I know they do. I respect and love him. And and so, uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm prepared to – to speak to uh, the differences, but uh, yeah, the electronic copies of the scriptures are widely available, right? And, yeah, well, uh, well, and there's benefits be for them That's right. because you can go into a closed access countries with it on a device. Yep, and it's always with me, right? It's it, in my it, pocket. It so is, but but I I do have concerns that we may and there's not as much publishing going on. Is what I'm I'm saying, and I hope that they'll continue publishing. Because the hard copies are good to have around. But we'll we'll come back to that after the break. We're going to the news break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. i got uh, Jeff Dalrymple, and uh, I'm glad you can join us on this Thursday, February 10th. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming up on Monday. Make sure you take care of your bride or your girlfriend. Uh, if you're not married, be nice. It's Valentine's Day. We'll be right back with more SWAT Radio. SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary, His Light Ministries on Thursday, February 10th with Jeff Dalrymple of Red Buffalo Consulting. If you have a nonprofit out there, uh, and, and Jeff, you aren't just limited here to Jacksonville, right? You are consulting around the country, right? And even around the world. Yeah. Uh, so uh, 
most of the ministries that we work with have some sort of global operation. So um, we've been uh, working with ministries in Albania and various parts of Africa. Well, you just got back from Mexico too, right? Just got back from Mexico. We help manage a foundation uh, called Planted Ministries. Um, and so it's a church planning effort in uh, Sinaloa, Mexico, but also down into Peru and other parts of Mexico. And the Lord's really blessed that. It's been fun to see. So I was down there recently for a pastor's conference okay. uh, called Port of Horses. All right, good. That was good. So, I, yeah, I wanted to clarify if it was just here locally, regionally, or so. So you're working all over the world doing that. Yes, sir. So helping nonprofits. That's Red Buffalo Consulting. And uh, do you have a, you have a website there yep. too, right? Redbuffalo.co. So redbuffalo.co. If you want more information about the consulting to help take your ministry or nonprofit mm-hmm. to a new level, that's what they do. Yep. We also do coaching as well. So we do leadership coaching with um, executives and and leaders and managers also around the world doing similar ministry. And uh, he also is the CEO of ECAP, which is the Evangelical Council for Abuse, Abuse Prevention. Prevention. Yep. And one of the things that I appreciated about you said earlier was you're in the prevention part of it, that's which right. that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that y'all are forethinking enough to be on the front end. It seems like a lot of times we react in the church and we're not proactive in trying to prevent and i know that there's a there's a line you have to walk there uh, a little bit because we can almost become so guarded that we don't do anything so how do you manage that when you're helping these churches i know y'all have got resources there uh, speak can you speak to that a little bit like sure. uh, because i i know you don't you don't want to make people afraid to look at children or you know you you got to have workers who can interact with them yeah. so can you speak to that how there's a balance there between that well first of all we come at this with our own biblical christian worldview and so we're a religious nonprofit organization with a statement of faith that's broadly evangelical uh, that statement of faith by the way came from ECFA so Billy Graham and other evangelical leaders 40 years ago started a financial accountability um, accreditation ministry, which is similar to what we're doing, um, ECFA. Um, and so we come at this from our Christian biblical worldview, and we know that if if we really were all about risk management and we wanted to keep kids safe, ultimately we just shut the whole thing down and not have any sort of kids programs, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we come at this with our Christian worldview because we do want kids to be able to hear the gospel and to grow in discipleship. We know that spiritual formation can take place and does take place in our Christian ministries. And so we want to work very closely with practitioners on the front lines, making sure that they're able to keep kids safe and yet still accomplish the ministry that they're there to accomplish. That's good. Well, again, the website is ecap.net. It's ecap.net, and you can get more information about that there. And, um, you know, I I wanted to visit just a little bit with you about – What's going on uh, at Southern? You you were up there till recently, right? So you've seen trends. Tell me about trends and training, like the, the the future pastors that are coming out and leaders coming out of Southern. Obviously, Doctor Moeller, I have a lot of respect for. Me too. Um, as a as a, a, a not just he's just not just a theologian, but somebody who engages the culture with theology. That's you know we. T- Based upon what he's done, we take the first 15 minutes of this radio program on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, 
and we engage the culture from a Christian worldview. We try to look. In fact, I, I listen to the briefing, uh, and um, I try to, because of the briefing, uh, look at other sources of information and, and try to help paint it from a biblical worldview. Now, with COVID, with the vaccines, with uh, the lockdowns, We've, we've had a whole bunch of issues, LGBTQ over the last couple of years, transgender. There's been a lot of things that are competing with competing worldviews, both uh, from the just the, you know, uh, what Satan would want people to do. You got the Bible worldview. And then you just got you, you've got Ameri- people who are what I would call liberal politically, people who are conservative politically. And a lot of times people we'll just assume that if you're liberal politically, you're liberal uh, biblically. And that may or may not be true, right? right? And the same conservative right, you know, because I believe Jesus was kind of a, Jesus was a, um, he was uh, pretty, uh, but would be be viewed liberally as far as social uh, stuff uh, a lot of times um, because he cared about people. That's right. And uh, and so, uh, tell us about the training of people at uh, Louisville when, before you left. I mean, when you know what you saw and trends, you know, because we're dealing with different generation coming up now. We're dealing with really the generation that grew up with an iPhone, and they grew up with the ability to instantly get information that I didn't have growing up. All my information had to pass through a filter. It had to pass through my dad or my uncle or a teacher. Now people have access to this, and they feel instantly, uh, uh, what's the word? Connected. Or- well, not just connected, connected, but they feel like they, they when they get information off the Internet, they they speak authoritatively about an issue. Because it's real time, right? Yeah, and they, but they speak authoritatively based on what credentials, based on what filter. It's just they they grab that information off, and now they speak as though that's hard fact when we don't know if it's – they don't even know where that information came from a lot of times. So how has that kind of stuff impacted the leaders coming out or how you all are training up there? Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed my time at Southern Seminary. Uh, So uh, Dr. Mueller was great to work with. Um, you know, and, and when when there is a cultural issue, he's one of the first people that I go to. So I listen to the briefing on a regular basis. Hopefully, your listeners will will check out albermuller dot com. Read um, read one of I think one of his best books is Conviction to Lead. Oh, that's a great outstanding, book. Outstanding, it outstanding. Is a good one book. of the best books, uh, Christian books on leadership is Conviction to Lead. So I, I would commend that. And then I, I listen to the briefing because I want to know when there's an issue, you know, in Indiana about counseling. And, um, you know, and Dr. Mueller's got a great from, again, from a biblical perspective, from his Christian worldview, he's got a great perspective and helps us understand some of these complex issues of the day. So he's, he's who I go to, you know, some of the trends that I'm encouraged by, I'm encouraged by, um, a commitment to biblical preaching, to expository preaching. And I think that is, is, is exactly what Southern Seminary is known for. I'm also encouraged by discipleship that's taking place. Mm-hmm. I'm encouraged when I see the next generation of leaders committed to the Bible as the Word of God and committed to the Great Commission as the hope for the world. And the local church is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. What is a healthy church? And uh, and I think Southern Seminary is doing a really good job of preparing and equipping the next generation um, of ministry leaders, not just pastors, but others as well. Uh, when I was down in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, we were 
Southern Seminary was there promoting some of their Spanish programs because they have a full MDiv offered in Spanish. Uh, Suhel Michelin really? from uh, Dominican Republic is one of their uh, professors, and he was there speaking at that pastor's conference that I was at in, in Mexico. So I'm, I'm really encouraged by the resources, the accessibility. They work really hard to keep the uh, – this sounds like a plug for Southern Seminary, <laughs> sbts.edu. Yeah, yeah there, you there you go. go. But they you work used really to hard say to that a lot, didn't I you? I did, yeah. I did. They do, they do a good job of keeping the tuition costs down and being mindful of that, making it affordable and accessible well, for ministry they, leaders. Well, well they've, got, um, they, they've got really good uh, professors up there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Don Whitney, Don spiritual Whitney, disciplines. He's been, he's been one of our guests on here. In fact, we had him on. When um, there was a little bit of a controversy out in the world when a very, very influential pastor said we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. And so we reached out. I actually reached out to Dr. Moeller, who connected us to him and said, this is the guy you want talking to you because nobody knows the Old Testament like this guy. And uh, he he was great. I really enjoy that book, by by the way, is is spiritual discipline yes, of the Christian life. It is classic. A, a, I read it in high school. It's a classic, but it is it is a good. Uh, it's one of those books that you probably need to read every other year, you know, just to go through it again. Yeah, really, really helpful. But book. Timothy Paul Jones, uh, Jim Hamilton, I could go through the list. Uh, Doctor Tom Schreiner, um, who's written, uh, he did a commentary on uh, Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just great, great godly men there who are investing in that next generation. Yeah, encouraging. I I just I I I was thinking of Whitney and uh, there was another. Uh, what, does does Greg teach there at all, Gilbert or no? Does, I think he does some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, does Doctor Moeller actually teach there? Sometimes. Or, yeah. 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 Because that's I wondered if if he taught, but it's it's really got a great reputation. Again, sbts.edu, right? That's right. If you if you uh, want more information, and I know that uh, how long were you there? Almost almost ten years. That's a pretty good tenure there yeah it was a joy a lot of fun how'd you like louisville oh we enjoyed it there were four seasons that we didn't have in uh, (laughs) either jacksonville or la (laughs) and so we really enjoyed it we also realized that we're beach people so we uh we moved back here and and lived just just a few minutes from the beach and uh really really thankful we love jacksonville well and how do your kids like it yeah it took them some time to you know make new friends so that was a little bit of a challenge but uh they jumped in they've done great well, good. Well, listen, uh, we, we come. We got one more segment coming up, and I usually get into this in the first segment. But when we come back, just to give you a little time to think, I want to. I want to probe a little bit. I want people to hear how you got to where you are now. Okay. I mean, just uh, growing up in L.A. First of all, that's um, the land of fruit and nuts. <laughs> I mean, for most people who are this side of the Mississippi, I mean, they think it is, the, the you know, kind of the capital of liberalism as far as every liberalism, whether it's biblical liberalism, it's a cultural, cultural liberal, yeah, yeah, everything. But the thing about California, whatever you see out in California, trend-wise, typically hits the eastern United States about within four or five years. That's the, that was the starting point for a lot of trends that moved eastward. But I, I'd like people to hear how you uh, received Christ, like how God came into your life and how he got to where you are right now. Okay? So okay. we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to SWAT Radio. I've got Jeff Dalrymple from Red Buffalo. And it's redbuffalo.co, right? That's right. Uh, and then uh, ecap.net. 
the Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention, ECAP, ECAP.net. And we're going to be back with our last segment. Uh, Stay tuned on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio for our last segment on this Thursday, February 10th. Again, February 14th coming up. Have you got your wife anything? Are you ready? We've got plans. Remember my 20th anniversary? Oh, that's right. So we've got date night. We're just, yeah. You're a young buck, man. Thank you. You know that? (laughs) You're a young buck. You're well, sitting we, there talking about 20. I'm thinking, this is my wife, and I, this year will be my wife and I's 30. Uh, it's 22, right? So it's 39. 30, better get this right for Monday. Yeah, 39 years. 39. Well, you were talking about cell phones earlier, and I remember having a pager, you know, when I was yeah. in college. Yeah. Did you ever have a pager? I had a pager when I was in the FBI. Okay. I did. I did have a pager. I leash. thought that was cool to have a... Me too. I remember you could text some hello on there. Remember? Yep. <laughs> you just do text the right numbers. I do the right numbers. Dating ourselves. Yeah, here. I know. That's terrible. Well, you know, as we look at our world going on around us, uh, Jeff, who would guess that we would have seen what we've seen in the last couple of years, really, from a perspective of not just um, the the pandemic thing, the riots in America. I mean, I mean, people saw that back in the '60s with Vietnam. But I was born in '61. I don't re- really remember that. Um, the '70s, '80s, we didn't really. I mean, there were riots. There were. I remember the Rodney King riots. You were yep. out there, right? Watts. Yep. Um, but those were very isolated, not on a national scale like we've seen things in our country. Uh, how did you growing up in L.A. Um, come to know Jesus? I mean, uh, how did that happen for you? Well, first of all, I'm so very thankful for um, parents who loved me and took me to church every single time the doors were open. (laughs) And for for me, that was twice Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, I was a part of Awana. And um, so 
I'm so thankful um, for that rich, rich heritage. And we were part of a, a great Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. Um, yeah, unfortunately, so you had to go to a terrible church out there, right, <laughs> in California. Well, we were able to be a part of John MacArthur's ministry at Grace Community Church, and uh, no one has had a greater spiritual impact in my life than than that man and, and his preaching. And so I'm, I'm in, in his debt for sure. So I knew growing up, I knew about the Bible. I had, was memorizing, memorizing these Bible verses. And, uh, you know, when I had the opportunity in my teenage years, I walked away. I rejected what I'd been taught, um, and I lived for the world. And it wasn't until I was 19, I was thankful that it was actually a short period of time, yeah. right, by God's grace. Uh, but it was 19 years old when, you know, all of the Bible verses and all of that foundation kind of ignited, like kindling, ignited. And I'll never forget um, and I, I couldn't give you, you know, date, time and location, but I was 19 years old and I remember it was a light bulb moment. The Lord opened my eyes and, uh, I, I knelt next to this bed and repented of my sin and turned to Christ. And I've never been the same since Doug. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And you were 19. And at that point, were you going to college there or were you, uh, were you getting ready to go to college? Where were you at 19? Yeah, right. so I was actually working in public safety. I was a paramedic in South Central L.A. Wow. And the Lord actually used that because I was, as a suburban Christian you know, kid, um, I was seeing things that I didn't have a, a category for. Oh. And the Lord, the Lord used that, death and uh, trauma and uh, uh, just some really tough stuff. And the Lord used that to open my eyes and really um, cause me to think, you know, where, where am I going to live? Or where am I going to be? You know, when when the Lord comes home or takes me home, um, you know, where am I going to be? And uh, I had to ask myself that question that I'm not in Christ, and I know what the scriptures say about salvation, and so that's what caused me to, to repent and turn. And then you ended up going to the Master's College, right? Which was uh, at that school yep. or at their Master's College. I did a, a bachelor's in organizational management. I use that every day, uh, so I'm really thankful. Um, and so I just started getting involved in church and serving, just in a lay capacity. So that's where I met my wife, Crystal. Uh, we were serving in the high school ministry at Grace Community, and I saw her discipling young women, um, young girls in the high school ministry, and I said, that's the type of woman that I want to marry, and I hope that she'll disciple my kids and, and my daughters. And uh, do, do you remember an elder out there named Kirk Lenahan? I know the name, but I don't know him personally. Oh, so, so Kirk work for me when I was in the Marine Corps. Okay. He was a lieutenant and I was a captain. And uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I had never heard of John MacArthur. And I w- was going through a difficult time at the church we were at. And uh, they had gone to a Benny Hinn concert kind of thing and came back with all kind of weird teaching. And he said, you know, you should listen to these tapes and he gave me tapes called Charismatic Chaos. Oh, yes. And I listened to that, and I had never heard anybody teach the Bible like that, ever. And we started getting more tapes and more tapes and more tapes. And uh, just listened to John and had an affinity for him and uh, was really blown away at that his, his teaching because he's teaching verse by verse. And he was unashamed to declare the truth, even sometimes when it wasn't popular. And uh, we ended up meeting John years later here in Jacksonville when I was an FBI agent. I just cold called him in the hotel 
<laughs> he was he was in his room, and I just went to the household phone, called him, and he answered. I said, "Hey, I'm here. I'd love to talk to you." Told him about that deal, and uh, he came down, and we spent about 20 minutes together, and it was very instrumental in me uh, in the progress to leave the uh, um, FBI to go into ministry. But he has had a huge impact on us too, and I think that's a good thing because he's been a faithful minister, hadn't he? That's right. And uh, so your parents took you there. You grew up in that church hearing the gospel, but still kind of had a time of going away. Mm-hmm. And then you came back, repented, and never looked back, right? That's right. And your wife, you met her. Now, did y'all go to college? You said you went to college together at the Masters? No, she went to Cedarville. Okay. Um, had a wonderful experience at Cedarville in Ohio. And so when she graduated, she crammed uh, four years of college into three and a half years. <laughs> And uh, I did the opposite. Um, And so uh, we started serving together just in the youth ministry at our church, just in a lake. So that's where you met. That's where we met. Yeah, I got you. Okay. And so so we did some mission trips together, quickly fell in love. And, um, yeah, our son and daughter, too, were born in in Los Angeles and then two others in Kentucky. All right. And uh, 20 years later, here you are. Here we are. Yeah. So so how did – when you left the Masters, did you go into ministry full-time then or were you – so the Lord had already been working on my heart. Um, I was realizing just that, you know, not towards pastoral ministry, but I would say organizational ministry, if I can use that terminology. There's yeah. a great book, by the way, Trellis and the Vine. And so what I do for a living is help build trellises uh, to help vines flourish and grow. And so um, I, I realized I need a this trellis. Gifting. Let's go. I'll help you. Because <laughs> my wife would say I'm a wild vine, man. I need a, a I need a trellis. Vine. I keep growing, trying to grow up through the uh, all the you know the little vents in your house. Yeah, yeah. you get the trellis. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so that's what I do for a living is help help vines grow through uh, through organizational leadership and management solutions. And so uh, yeah, so I went to Southern Seminary to work uh, in 2008. And um, and that was a wonderful, wonderful experience to uh, to just experience another part of the country, different types of ministry, uh, to be exposed to so many other leaders, um, like some of the faculty that we were just talking about in the last segment um, at Southern. And uh, and now there's friends who are graduates of that seminary uh, who are who are serving the Lord all over the world. And um, it's great to see them uh, flourish and the Lord use them in different ministries. And uh, I get to stay in touch with many of them today. Yeah. So thankful that that's good. Well, you know, I am really thankful that you were able to carve us some time today. You gave me a couple of books here that I wanted to ask you about. Oh yeah, one is called Zealous. Yep, uh, and it's called Seven Commitments for the Discipleship of the Next Generation. I think this is something that we've really, as a culture, dropped the ball on um, discipling our children, almost real leaving it up to youth pastors to do that as men mm-hmm. in our families and uh so i'm anxious to read this you gave it to me and you were telling yeah, me about it that's produced by truth 78 so the formerly known at uh, john piper's ministry uh children desiring god rebranded uh truth 78 and uh definitely check them out uh, they've got wonderful curriculum for churches but the book that you're holding in your hand is really a book on the philosophy uh that's behind their ministry of reaching the next generation um, with discipleship, ultimately. And so it's a tremendous resource. Uh, David and Sally Michael are the founders of that ministry, and I get to work with them at Red Buffalo. And then that other book there by Dan Dumas, that's my business partner. Uh, Dan Dumas, he wrote this while he was at Southern. We worked at Southern Seminary together, um, and so it's Live Smart. 
And really, it's it's a book that he's written for his two sons um, in the same way, thinking of the gospel and how to prepare for life and what does it mean to be faithful. Dr. And so Muller just kind of kind of to pass it on to his children, is that what it lives smart? That's right. Preparing for the future. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, a guy named Ray Vanderlaan took uh, – he led groups to Israel, and um, we were at a conference, and he was talking about uh, when Abraham – planted a tamarisk tree it's a slow growing tree and abraham never ever would have received the shade from that tree but he planted that tree for his children to have shade in the desert and really we need to be thinking about the next generation and so i'm glad to see you're working with people that are doing that again the book is called zealous z-e-a-l-o-u-s by david michael and uh, I think tomorrow, is this available on Amazon? Do you know? Yes. All right. So I think tomorrow, if anybody calls in, I'm going to give away some of these books because I right. think that is a great thing to be helping people. Resource. Um, and then the other one is by Dan Dumas, Live Smart. Well, th- you know, our time's up. And uh, I, I feel like we could go on talking about Red Buffalo and ECAP and the next generation and other stuff, but uh, I really appreciate you taking time to come in here. Uh, how can we pray for you uh, and what's going on with your life right now? Well, I would say uh, praying for ECAP uh, as we get off the ground and also pray, uh, you know, parenting is a very real challenge and I want my kids to grow up as we're talking about reaching the next generation with discipleship. So pray that my little ones would, would grow up and follow Christ and do great things for his kingdom. That's my prayer. All right. Well, good. Well, so much. Uh, thank you so much for being in here. Thanks for having uh, me. And I uh, pray that uh, you have a great Valentine's Day celebrating yes, uh, you your 20 years. And hey, you've been, you. uh, you've been listening to uh, Jeff Dalrymple. And uh, Jeff is uh, with ECAP, Evangelical Council for uh, Abuse Prevention. You can go to ECAP.net, also redbuffalo.co for consulting uh, to take your nonprofit to the next level. Thank you, Jeff, for being here, and we will be back tomorrow. And, again, I'm going to give away this book, Zealous, tomorrow. If you want a copy, you can call in, and we can chat on SWAT Radio. I hope you have a great evening. See you tomorrow on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual